Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hey there, Amy Walter here with a special breaking news edition of Politics with Amy Walter. By now, I'm sure you've heard about the BuzzFeed news story published late on Thursday. The headline? President Trump directed his attorney, Michael Cohen, to lie to Congress about the Moscow Tower project. Just days ago, William Barr, Trump's pick to be the next attorney general, was asked what he would consider obstruction of justice. If there was some reason to believe that the president tried to coach somebody not to testify or testify falsely, that could be obstruction of justice. Yes, under that, yeah, under an obstruction statute, yes. So if the president tried to conceal evidence, that would be obstruction of justice, potentially, right? Right. I called up Anthony Cormier, one of the reporters on the story, to find out how it all came together. We have two sources who are intimately familiar and directly involved in the investigation of the Trump Tower Moscow plan. And they have told us that the special counsel has gathered evidence that tells them that Mr. Cohen was directed by the president to lie to Congress about the date that those negotiations ended and that um, Mr. Cohen subsequently told this to the special counsel himself. And this would then be the first evidence out there that the president, in essence, obstructed justice, right? Told somebody to commit perjury personally. Uh, right. I think it's it's our understanding this is the first time that um, the president has asked a subordinate to lie for him. I think you can go back to the New York Times' wonderful reporting on the Trump Tower meeting in June 2016 that suggests that, that the president was uh, crafting a statement that was untrue on behalf of his son. Mm-hmm. But this is the first indication to us that um, the president himself directing uh, a subordinate to lie on his behalf. And to lie under oath to Congress. Right. Absolutely. Uh, this is uh, Michael Cohen is called before the Senate Intelligence Committee. I believe it's October or November of 2017, he turns in a two-page statement and then subsequently raises his right hand and testifies under oath that these negotiations to build the tower in Moscow ended in January 2016. Last year in about May, my colleague Jason Leopold and I were the first to report that um, we had uncovered text messages and emails suggesting that, that Mr. Cohen and an associate were continuing to work on this much farther than, than January 2016, that this continued into uh, at least the summer of, of 2016. And for those who are pushing back on the story, supporters of the president in particular uh, saying, look, Michael Cohen's a liar. So Michael Cohen told prosecutors that the president told him to lie. Why should we even believe him? Well, there's a couple of things. I think uh, Mr. Giuliani is incorrect I'm not sure he read our story. He suggested that um, our source was Michael Cohen. That couldn't be further from the truth. I, I, I Mr. Cohen is de- declining to answer questions here. Uh, secondary to that is the notion that Ms. Cohen is not the only piece of evidence supporting this claim. It's our understanding from these sources that there is documentary evidence through sort of cachet of documents from the Torp organization and other witnesses who've spoken to the special counsel that back up this claim. So, in other words, Mueller has the receipts. He does. Yes, he does. Okay. Now, a couple of things I've read this morning, and I don't know if these are people who actually have a law degree or people who just like blogging about stuff, but they ask this question, which is, 
if the president told Cohen to lie, why didn't that show up in the sentencing document that put Cohen in in jail? Why not just say, look, we have some serious allegations here beyond the fact that Cohen did all these things, but that he was told to do this? I'm aware of that reporting. We took it into consideration before we published. A couple of answers. The first is that I'm not sure that the special counsel is prepared to show all of his cards in this matter. And it's our understanding that um, there is more evidence to come. Second point is that um, if you read the sentencing memo very carefully, special counsel's office has suggested that um, Mr. Cohen has provided useful and helpful information about a number of matters. One of those matters is how he crafted his statement to Congress and who he was in contact with connected to the White House in 2017. Those are small breadcrumbs. Our our reporting isn't based on it, but it it was sort of interesting to us that uh, he left those out there. Right. So do we now have to wait for Robert Mueller's report to get those breadcrumbs revealed to see if they're actually big pieces of bread? Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. So one of the things that's happened to us, my, my colleague and I in the past, is we've reported, uh, for instance, we reported in May that the negotiations didn't end in January 2016. It took about six months for um, that to be sort of matched. And it wasn't by another news organization. It was by the special counsel himself. Um, I'm, I'm insanely curious to see what happens on February 7 when Mr. Cohen goes to Congress uh, and is prepared to uh, tell what what appears to be his quote unquote story. Um, I I would be I am very curious to know whether or not this comes up. Well, that is that was the exact next question I was going to ask you too because the one thing I don't totally understand is how much Michael Cohen can actually talk about in front of the committee when he goes there on February seventh and how much of it is privileged. Do you have any sense of what he can and can't say, given his agreement and given his sentencing? I do. I have sources who have, who have told us that um, as part of this ag- agreement to testify publicly, he has worked with uh, lawmakers on that panel to say that he, he will not um, speak about any of the matters that he believes are still under consideration by the special counsel. Mm. Today's report, last night's reporting may change that, but uh, as of, I don't know, midnight last night, sources were affirming to us that that agreement holds that he is not to talk about anything that he spoke with about the special, to to the special counsel. So while I think America is um, looking forward to this, some sort of Super Bowl of of congressional hearings, I would would urge some caution that uh, there is an agreement uh, an understanding there that Mr. Cohen is not going to um, reveal anything that he believes that the special counsel is actively investigating. So we should not expect some sort of bombshell on the February 7th date. Well, I mean, it's. I think that um, if Mr. Cohen testifies truthfully to that panel, that the number of the things that he is prepared to say are going to be blockbuster items. I do understand that he is going to be very cautious about not uh, interfering or meddling with uh, the special counsel's ongoing investigation. Anthony Cormier, thank you so much for coming and joining us. Uh, Brilliant. Thanks for having me. And now for the congressional reaction. 
I spoke to Joaquin Castro, a Democratic congressman from Texas and a member of the House Intelligence Committee. He took to Twitter after the story was published to say, if the BuzzFeed story is true, President Trump must resign or be impeached. I asked Congressman Castro how he will know if the BuzzFeed story is true. There's a few ways. Uh, First, it could end up in the Mueller report. uh, And the reporting seems to suggest that, that the special counsel is aware of it. And at that point, if it is in the Mueller report, of course, we need to make sure that the Mueller report is, number one, presented to Congress. And then Mm -hmm. secondly, and I think even more important, presented to the American people. But the second way that we could get at that is by basically doing a congressional investigation and bringing Michael Cohen back into the House Intelligence Committee, the Judiciary Committee, the Oversight Committee, and asking those very same questions. So I'm confident that between one of those two ways, we can confirm this information if it's true. Michael Cohen is is obviously coming in front of one of the committees, the Oversight Committee, on February 7th. Do you expect that he will be able to answer this question directly, given that he has a deal with the special counsel and we don't know what other things he has uh, told the special counsel that he's not willing to say or able to say legally in front of the public? You know, that's a great question and obviously a very important question for all of us. And I hope that he will be able to talk about it. I suspect that perhaps either his attorneys will believe or the special counsel may direct that he not discuss it. Uh, But my plea to the special counsel would be to allow Congress to do everything it needs to do to take action if this stunning information is true. Isn't it enough, though, to just wait for the Mueller report rather than just counting on the testimony of one person involved in this or the investigations of one or two House committees? I think the investigations that the House committees will do will be very thorough also. Remember, we had witnesses in the House Intel Committee, some of whom testified for 10 hours, uh, others for five hours. So these are committees that are going to do a lot of questioning and we'll get a lot of answers. The leadership of your party has said over and over again, we're not going to make any decisions about impeachment until we hear from the special counsel, that that really is the point at which Democrats are going to make a decision on that. Do you think that is still a fair assessment of where things stand with the Democratic Party in Congress? You know, obviously, I haven't spoken to Speaker Pelosi about this. So Democrats together have not had a chance to talk about this because it just broke last night. But I do think that this changes things uh, because here we have a direct accusation by the president's personal lawyer, who was with him for many years, that he was directed by the president to lie to the United States Congress, uh, which would be clear obstruction of justice, participating in perjury. That obviously moves things up a notch. You as uh, you sit on the Intelligence Committee, correct? Yes. Are there other people that you could bring in front of your committee that aren't named Michael Cohen, but names that were brought up in this BuzzFeed story include some of the president's children? Is that something that you're interested in in uh, yeah, exploring? Absolutely. No, and if we've, we've spoken to Donald Trump Jr. before, uh, and mm-hmm. I, I have thought that we should bring him back even before this story came out. For example, there's an issue about when the Trump Tower meeting was being set up with the Russians, sandwiched between two phone calls to set it up with the Russians is a call from a blocked number or conversation with somebody with a blocked phone number. 
And so we're trying to figure out, we want to figure out who he spoke to. And I believe that there's a chance, at least, because we know the president has a blocked number, that it may have been his father. And so we had other reasons to bring him back. Uh, but if his other kids are involved, then, yeah, I think it would be fair to bring him in and ask him about this. Does this have to be done behind closed doors, or can this be the kind of hearing that's open to the public? You know, I advocate for as much of this to be out in the open as possible. Even though I'm very proud to serve on the Intelligence Committee, I think we've done a lot of hard work over the last two years. One of the reasons I think the Republicans assigned all of this work to the Intelligence Committee is because you can put everything behind closed doors rather than having it out in the open. Now, I'm not saying that some information that could be classified or especially sensitive shouldn't be first heard behind closed doors. I think that's true. But it's important whether you do it to the Intelligence Committee, Judiciary Committee, or another committee, that at some point you take it in front of the American people. How much of what you have already done in the Intelligence Committee over the last two years can be released to the public. Obviously, it's Democrats who are in charge now. Is there a testimony that will become public that hadn't previously been public? Yeah. You know, our our chairman now, Adam Schiff, uh, has said for a while that we're committed to releasing the transcripts publicly. And so those transcripts are in the process of being reviewed by the intelligence community to make sure that there isn't obviously any information that's made public that shouldn't be. Uh, But we believe that most of that information in the transcripts will be made public uh, and the people will get to read them for themselves. What do you think the takeaway from those will be from the public? Is there stuff in there that you think will have a significant impact on the way that we are looking at these issues? Yeah, I mean, if you ask me the trajectory of what happens once those transcripts are released, I think what happens is that you get these 60 transcripts or so, and all of the investigative journalism that's been going on over the last few years on all of these issues, the folks that have been looking into this, you're basically going to you know, put this information out and crowdsource it, and everybody will start researching all of the leads that come out of it. And I think that from there, we'll find even more information when the Washington Post and CNN and BuzzFeed and other newspapers and media outlets have their people looking into it and following more of these leads. I think we're going to get a lot more stories. Congressman Joaquin Castro, thank you so much for coming in and talking to us today. Thank you for having me. Well, this story has set D.C. on fire, but it's not the first time that Washington thought that this was the story to end all stories. And we've still got a long way to go. First, as BuzzFeed's Anthony Cormier told us, Michael Cohen's February 7th hearing in front of the House Oversight Committee may not provide the kind of bombshells or cooperation that many are expecting. In other words, there may be more questions than answers that day. Democrats in Congress aren't quite ready yet to pull the trigger on impeachment. But at least one Democratic rep thinks it may not be necessary to wait until the Mueller report comes out. House investigations and investigative reporting by news outlets can fill in the blanks and provide enough evidence for impeachment proceedings to begin. Thanks for hitting up our extra podcast today on Politics with Amy Walter. Let us know what you think. 
I'm at Amy E. Walter on Twitter, and you can leave us a voicemail at 877-8-MY-TAKE. We'll see you next time.